This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to Film Critic, the Common Man podcast. While other film podcasts might try to con mental patients, we actually do want to just watch the World Series. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I'm your co-host, Ben Miller. I'm a film critic, and I write about films from my own site, Ice Cream for Freaks. I'm joined by my brother and common man co-host, a man with the mental fortitude to pass as a deaf mute, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. That's the best compliment you've ever paid. <laughs> I think you could figure it out. You're like, you know what? It's like, I need to get, just get into the, through this situation. It's like, I'm going to, it's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to act like, well, not to mention if you're, if you act like a deaf mute, nobody's really going to bug you all that much. Yeah. You just got to pull it off. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, Oh, do you want to talk? Like, you don't, Oh, oh I don't really want to talk to anybody. It's like, but how often do you want to go, dude, shut up, shut, shut up or something, especially yeah. in that environment. Um, we're on to a new month. It's uh, we, we don't really have a theme this month, but uh, the Oscars are right around the corner. And how about one of the biggest success stories of Oscar history? We're talking about one flew over the cuckoo's nest directed by Milos Forman written by Lawrence uh, Haubin, I believe is how you say it. And uh, Bo Goldman based on the book by Ken Kesey starring Jack Nicholson, Louise Fletcher, Brad Dourif, Will Sampson, and Danny DeVito co-starring William Redfield, Sidney Lassick, Vincent Chevalli, uh, William Duell, Scatman Carruthers, and Christopher Lloyd. Uh, opened on November 19th, 1975, a massive box office hit for the type of film it was. Yeah. Um, uh, Porterly around three to four and a half million dollar budget, $108 million internationally. It's the second yeah. highest grossing movie of 1975, just behind Jaws. So uh, did just fine. Yeah. Uh, 108.9 million in uh, US, uh, 54.4 international, 163.3 on a $4 million budget. Um, yep. The Oscars were the real big thing for that. It is the no nominated for nine Oscars, um, one Best Picture, Director, Best Actor for Nicholson, Best Actress for Louise Fletcher, and Best Screenplay. It is the, at the time, it was the second movie to ever do that. It's one of three movies to ever win all five of those awards. Uh, also nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Brad Dourif, uh, lost to George Burns for The Sunshine Boys. Um, best Cinematography nomination lost to Barry Lyndon, and then Best Film Editing and Best Original Score nominations both lost to Jaws. Um, on the American Film Institute, uh, they came out with some list of the 100 greatest American movies of all time. Uh, their first list in 1998, it was ranked uh, number 20. On uh, 2008, it was ranked number 33. Uh, they also had lists of the top 10 villains or 100 villains and yeah. heroes. Uh, Nurse Ratchet was number five on the list of all-time villains. Yeah. Um, the the one list that AFI has that I don't really agree with is a, a Cheers as far as like triumphant movies. It was ranked 17th. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's kind of a heroic end at the end, but I mean, of all like, it's kind of a bummer. it's kind of a bummer for being 17th. Um, I mean, yeah, it is. It is. I, I understand. I understand the purpose, but you know, like it's, you know, it's a wonderful life was number one. Like, 
even that was a like i i guess i don't understand this list uh inspiring films i guess is the point okay so so i'll talk about this list real quick the most inspiring films the list one it's a wonderful life two to kill a mockingbird three schindler's list four rocky five mr smith goes to washington six et the extraterrestrial seven grapes of wrath Eight breaking away, ninth on Miracle on 34th Street, 10th Saving Private Ryan. I'm not sure they understand this list. I'm not sure they understand the point of what this is. No. <laughs> it's it's it. inspiring. Like, <laughs> I, I, anyway, anyway. So, inspiring to do what? Go to a <laughs> mental health hospital? Like, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, you know, uh, One Flew to the Cuckoo's Nest is one spot ahead of the diary of Anne Frank. Like, it, I, I don't understand Schindler's the, list like nothing it's third there's nothing like it's it's a yes it's heroic but there's nothing inspiring about Schindler's list yeah those it, are it, all tragic stories yes it's like to kill a mockingbird number two it's like you missed the point of that movie <laughs> I'm not saying they're not great movies yeah. those are all those are all great yes. movies I yes. just don't think about you know inspiration and you I know, don't I mean, Rocky, Mr. Rocky, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. You, you, you got me. Miracle on okay. 34, New Miracle on 34th Street. I'm on board. Okay. Apollo, Apollo 13, Hughes. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, all right. Sure. But those are sprinkled in with some real bummer. The bridge on the river Kwai is in there. <laughs> I've never been inspired by bridge on the river Kwai. The entire point of the movie is what it's, it's, We'll, we'll talk about maybe we'll talk about that list some other time that's an insane list anyway it was ranked that, number that <laughs> sounds like a dumb list if i'm being honest not wrong uh it was number 17 but anyway so on rotten tomatoes uh one floor of the cuckoo's nest 93 percent from critics 96 percent from audiences um it was obviously over the moon ecstatic at the time uh in 1975 uh dulled, dulled a little bit as the years have gone on but it's still you know just the idea of psychiatry from 60 years ago yes um yeah but and i'm sure we'll get into that so um the plot summary uh real quick of one floor of the cuckoo's nest uh this is set in oregon um so uh randall mcmurphy is jack nicholson he is a uh mm-hmm. he is sent to work on a work farm uh for a statutory rape of a 15 year old he pretends to be insane to get transferred to a mental institution to avoid the hard labor when he gets there uh, he is under the supervision of nurse Mildred Ratchet, played by Louise Fletcher. Um, he meets the other uh, inmates, as it were. Um, there's Chief Bromden, played by Will Sampson, a large, deaf-mute, seemingly deaf-mute Indian man. Um, William Redfield, who is uh, Dale Harding. Uh, Dale Harding is the character. Uh, he's a repressed homosexual. Uh, Billy Babbitt, a stuttering uh, suicidal man, played by Barry Dorif. Uh, Charlie Cheswick, a uh, who is played by Sidney Lassick, a um, neurotic uh, man fi- with uh, tipper tantrums. Max Tabor, played by Christopher Lloyd, a really angry, psychotic guy. Uh, Danny DeVito as Martini, a little man you could just put in your pocket, uh, a, a mm-hmm. childlike. A um, couple other guys uh, thrown in there. Um, and then so essentially, you know, he gets there and um i guess uh, mcmurphy's uh, uh, approaches it as like okay well i just kind of need to do my time buy my time i'll get out and that's that and then he um he's very much against ratchet rallying kind of the leader of all these inmates he takes him out to on a fishing trip with prostitutes 
and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> the, the more he, the more he kind of rebels, the more Ratchet tries to tamper down on him. Uh, he discovers that Chief is not a deaf mute, but this is just a way of getting by. He also discovers that um, him uh, himself, Chief, and uh, excuse me, uh, Max Christopher Lloyd are the only characters who are actually committed. Everybody else is there voluntarily, um, mm. but Ratchet essentially has an iron fist frighten them into staying. So he encourages he encourages everybody to kind of break out of everything. He tells Chief, it's like, well, let's escape. And before they escape, they decide to have a big party. Um, and in this party, they bring prostitutes and liquor. Uh, everything kind of goes nuts. And then, um, but on the plus side, uh, Billy gets to lose his virginity to this prostitute. Um, overcomes his stutter in standing up to Nurse Ratchet. And Nurse Ratchet's like, no, I'm going to tell your mother about this. He loses it, eventually kills himself. This causes McMurphy yeah. to try to strangle Nurse Ratchet. Uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. he is subdued and um, <laughs> man, he, he sure tries and uh, he's subdued and uh, taken away. Um, flash forward to a couple of weeks later, Nurse Ratchet is very raspy, has a neck brace on it, is kind of um, put in her place and everything seems pretty good around the plate, around the ward. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, uh, you know, every, there are some rumors about McMurphy escaped or he's dead or whatever. And um, Chief sees him come in. He's walked quietly to his bed and he realized he's had a lobotomy. Um, yep. so, the, so the Chief Mercy kills him by smothering with a pillow. Um, and then he picks up a, uh, uh, a, a hydrotherapy hydrotherapy thing that, that McMurphy also tried to rip out of the ground. Uh, burst through the burst through the window and escapes and the end and uh, chief is actually the one the titular one who flew out of the cuckoo's nest mm -hmm. so um, yeah a, a, a there's it, it's such an interesting type of film um, just because you know we have a lot to get into a sane asylum as a plot as a plot device in general yeah always seems like a narratively rich thing to always get into yeah i mean there's there's got to be a lot uh i mean there's a lot there uh same thing as a, a prison environment and it's uh, kind of is a prison a, movie a war environment yeah, i mean yeah. you've automatically got you know con conflict and you know everything comes with the setting I guess like yeah. you already kind of have your uh, your your conflict there your your hierarchies uh, your 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 dynamics yeah I mean good guys uh, bad guys it, it it sets up pretty quick in an environment like that I guess yeah and it's interesting because like especially in this film it's really you know McMurphy goes into it being like I you know I'm not nuts I just I don't I'm, I'm lazy I don't want to work and so I'm going to act like I'm insane in order to essentially make it better for myself. But as he gets there, um, you know, you, you kind of, as it goes along, you're like, okay, well, maybe he is crazy and maybe he, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But the idea of him being there is not necessarily to just uh, stir the pot. It's essentially, it's the, the, the difference between like, okay, these people might have some mental deficiencies or mental issues, yeah. but it doesn't make them any less human, which these orderlies and these nurses have kind of reduced them to. Yeah. I mean, he's, 
I mean, he's a con man. He um, he's definitely working the system, um, you know, in, in order to get a relatively cush spot. Yeah. And well, I say, well, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. There's I'd sometimes say a cush spot, but there, there, at the at the same time, like as you're going as I'm kind of watching them, I think at one point, whenever they're doing like hydrotherapy. And Nicholson's like hanging out in the pool. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. You know what? All things considered, this doesn't seem so bad. Like, like th- there's better in prison or being on a work detail on the side of the highway or something. And, you and know? I've seen, and you know, there are other, there are other, uh, other insane asylum movies or films along these lines that are mm-hmm. like that show these places as just abhorrent. And yeah, this is this was not. Uh, on on the rewatch, I, I remember thinking is like, oh yeah, this this terrible insane asylum. And as I'm watching, I was like, it seems okay. Like like I'm not not talking about like yeah, Ratchet is ruling everything with an iron fist. But I mean, it's not like they don't they they clean you up. They give you food, like they're not depriving you meals. It's like it's it's general like control, but it's not like general like you, you seen Born of the Fourth of July. Yeah, like when the the hospitals he's in after right. he gets that. That's what I always kind of thought it was like. And then I'm rewatching. I'm like, okay, it wasn't. It's not really that. Yeah, well, and I think something indicative uh, is that scene. They're in a group therapy session, and he figures out how many people are there mm. voluntarily. Yeah, essentially, yeah. and he's like. What the hell, man? What are you doing why, here? Yeah. <laughs> why are you here? Yeah. But I think for them, I mean, even though it's not great and you get uh, treated like shit from Nurse Ratchet, they know they need to be in there. It's and in- it's yeah. a more secure, safe place for them to be. Like, I think they understand what they are and they're like, yeah, I'm here because I need to be here. Yeah, and that, that's that's one of the things the film I was surprised did. It's like it doesn't just it's like nobody's being held against their will. Like like nobody like like the with the exception of Chief and and McMurphy who are conning their way through it essentially. Yeah, everybody yeah. seems like they're in the right place. Right. Yeah. Like no, um, everyone everyone else pretty well seems to have legitimate mental health issues that yeah they and, and even chief whenever the the idea of escape comes up you know he, yeah he kind of explains like i i can't be out there and to me the the way i interpreted it um was uh probably alcohol abuse yeah like, he talked he talks about his dad he talked like yeah he, t- he talks about like his- he's ended up shriveled up and sure and uh jack nicholson said uh uh killed him did it he said i didn't say it killed him mm. it, i just said it worked on him just like they're working on you and so i think um ultimately for chief he's like you know i i can't drink in here this is gonna keep me out of trouble i can play the role i need to play and just mm-hmm. be it be a survivor yeah essentially uh, like it's like it's not like chief is like his his existence is pretty like 
he's not a part of the therapy sessions. He's in the back. He doesn't have to really listen. He's just kind of like, it's, it's boring. It's monotonous. And, and even whenever they get back from the, uh, I noticed whenever they get back from the uh, electroshock therapy, like mm. Nicholson's faking, like he's like, he's brain dead and chief has a, uh, has a broom and he's just, just, he's, he, uh, he's, he's doing everything that Nicholson is doing with less flash essentially like he's 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 not being a smart ass about it he's not being a smart ass about it exactly and yeah and even it's funny actually whenever they're you know like you said whenever they're saying being uh nicholson really go uh, or, or mcmurphy really pushes up against the other guys where they're like you guys are here voluntarily like they can keep me here as long as they want and i've been screwing with her y'all didn't tell me this like <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah like, yeah <laughs> I, I like the yeah, I like the unnecessary that, humor. Well, and there is that moment whenever, uh, yeah, they're like in the pool, yeah, or whatever, and he tells one of the the orderlies or whatever, he's sixty like, something days, sixty eight days, I'm out of here, and he's like, "What are you talking about, man? You're," <laughs> he's like, "That's jail time." He's like, "You're on our watch. Uh, you leave when we say you leave." You know, it's and funny. Kind of realizes maybe he stepped off in a world he shouldn't have. Well, it's you funny. Know? It's funny. You know, that's always the 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 <laughs> lazy screenwriters on these films, and they're like, "I'm going to plead insanity. I'll spend a month in the things and and get out of it." And it's like, well, it's not really bored out of any sort of realism. It's like that's not really how the real world works. And then I I actually made a joke about something the other day about Lorena Bobbitt. That is mm-hmm. exactly what happened to her. Whenever she cut off her husband's penis, the big, mm-hmm. the big, uh, the big trial, she was declared not guilty by reason of insanity. She spent forty-five days in an institution and then was free. Like it's, it was like she is the example of like, oh no, this is the she's thing. a Randall McMurphy. She's the Randall McMurphy. It, it actually worked, and so I yeah. mean, it's it's one of those things. Like, but let, yeah, this is more it's a little more realistic than I was expecting as far as like, like I, for some reason I had this remembrance of it being more um, dramatized as far as like the treatment of the people, the orderlies being sadistic. And it's like, it wasn't really doing that. It's much more mental manipulation. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it's much more psychological. I mean um, yeah. Nurse, nurse ratchets weapons are, her passive aggressive comments mm-hmm. belittling actions um knowing knowing yeah, the knowing I mean, the characters like billy's mom like oh mo- billy's mom's she, the thing uh she knows that's his leverage point like man uh, he is D- dale's wife like she's like this is the thing i'm going to talk about and it, that's the thing that's going to mess with him she knows everyone's achilles heel mm-hmm. and that's what she attacks Yep. And she belittles them and controls them based on that. So it's not like she's, you know, coming out with chains and whips and Mm -hmm. everything, but she is doing it psychologically to people that are already very much psychologically damaged. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's like, this is kind of like a prison movie. It's, it's not really Mm -hmm. like now, the funny thing about the prison movie is now Nicholson was under like the first half of this movie. He's uh, like McMurphy's under the assumption. It's like, well, I'm just crazy. It's no big deal. Like 
They take me back. Mm-hmm. I don't get added. It's like crazy. I, it's special. Like that's why they go on the boat trip and come back. Like they don't right. go somewhere else because there's no consequences essentially. But event, after, after that second half, they're like, okay, now this is turned into a prison movie. This is yeah. fully escape. And there's a really interesting line there, like near right at the end, right after, right after Billy kills himself, the window's open and Billy's back there and Nicholson looks out in the window and he could, he could go and mm-hmm. it's probably gone. And he decides to go check on Billy. Like it's, it was, a, you know, and those, those hierarchies, the prison hierarchies, like, no, nope, I took Billy under my wing. I took, I, I got him to lose virginity, all this kind of like, yeah. I feel it's a measure of responsibility. I got to check on my kid here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the other thing, so if, okay, so the, 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 no doctor in this movie says he's crazy. No doctor. Every doctor's like, I think he's faking it. Pretty sure he's faking it. And they keep going on. And we were watching it. My wife asked a good question. She's like, what's the purpose for them keeping him in there? Like, why are they keeping him? And the only answer I could really land on is that Ratchet wants to try to control him. And yes, that's the only well, reasoning I have. And it's like that Orly said, hey, you can do jail time and there's a limit to it. But when you're here, there's potentially no limit. And yeah, I think Ratchet is like, okay, I can keep him here indefinitely. I mean, they were even discussing, nah, let's let's send him back to the farm. He needs to go back to prison. Mm-hmm. And she talks him into, no, no, we can help him. He needs to stay here. But uh, basically, I mean, He's a tough nut to crack, but she's determined to crack him. She's I want to, I, I'm going to do it no matter what it is. And eventually, obviously, it was taken out of her hands whenever her power is taken away. It's like, well, this is nipped in the bud. Um, Louise Fletcher, in interviews, she said she wanted to make a side of kind of humanity out of Ratchet, saying essentially, like, she did care about the patients but she, and felt she was doing the best of them. But after the amount of time she's been there, she was misguided and drunk on her own power. She realized what the control, yeah. how control, like it, 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 it yeah. I, I like to think it's one of those power, things. Like she, power she no, corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And not to mention, like, think of outside of that hospital. Ratchet is probably an absolute nobody. She's nothing. She's nothing. Yeah. And she steps in there and she's God. Like it's, yep. it's exactly why would i want to relinquish that and that just feeling of power it's the only time she probably has control in her life and i get it i uh, like that that base understanding of it is very easy to understand yeah it i mean it it really is i mean i think to to some extent we are we are all uh self-serving narcissistic enough to where we find this realm of control that, you know, what, whatever it may be, not even control over other people or anything, but I can control this. Yep. And if you lose that, your world goes into chaos. Yep. And so for her ruling that ward with an iron thumb is her raison d'etre and McMurphy's in there fucking it up. 
It's so like, I'm not about to have this screw me up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the book written by uh, Ken Kesey, um, Kesey very much not a fan of this movie. Um, now, uh, hmm. from what I understand, the book and the movie are relatively narratively about the same, about the same thing happens from one thing to another. Um, the big difference is, is that uh, Chief is actually the narrator. He's the, he's the, oh, first, interesting. he's the narrator and it's, everything's from his perspective. Um, huh. So that's the big thing. And the other thing was that Kesey had an idea of what the character was and he was lobbying hard for Gene Hackman to play McMurphy just based huh. on who the character was. And then whenever they signed Nicholson, he was like, this is a butchering of the book in the movie. And he essentially disowned it without ever seeing it and said he would never watch it. And uh, my favorite little story about him is a couple of years later, uh, like I said, he just he just hated it. Um, he was in his bed one night flipping through channels on TV and he settled into a late night movie. And he was like, oh, this is interesting. And after a few minutes, he realized he was watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and immediately changed, turned it off. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think it's more than anything. It's probably just like writer and writer, like this is yeah. my this is my thing. You can't butcher my thing. This is what my thing is. Yeah. Well, and you know what's so funny is that uh, another famous Jack Nicholson movie, also featuring Catman Scruthers. Yes. Yes. We talked about Cat, our Catman Scruthers. Scruthers. Yeah. 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 Uh, is Stephen King wrote The Shining. Mm -hmm. and hated i mean hates with a passion the movie yep it's it's when we talked about it in length in our uh, shining episode i will link it right here so yeah um Mm -hmm. it's 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 funny because you know we took we've we've done a couple movies based on books but it's it's a lot of times there are certain movies that based off of those books that like surpass the the book a thousand times out of a thousand jaws die hard being good examples of that. Um, some have kind of landed in the middle, like, um, like we talk about, like, uh, uh, you know, Oh man, I'm trying to think, but last of the Mohicans is probably a pretty good example where the book yeah. and the movie kind of stand on their own. They're not really the same thing. Like one deviates so specifically uh, from the original to kill a mockingbird, to kill a mockingbird. Great example where they're, like yeah. great movie, great book, and they're separate and almost the same thing. And that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even the little changes in between, not that big of a deal. Um, you know, it's I, I guess it's you know, for for Kesey, it, this is the thing his life was made of. Like this. Yeah. So um, a little bit of production history, which is interesting. Um, so the movie was initially bought. Uh, the rights were bought in 1961 by Kirk mm-hmm. Douglas, who really wanted to play McMurphy um, mm-hmm. to the point where um, they actually made it into a play. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Gene Wilder was played the, oh. uh, played the, uh, who did he play? He played uh, the Billy character on. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then, oh, there was, so, well, there's one of the famous guy. It was, uh, uh, it was um, Dale Harding was played by, uh, Oh crap! I had I had it right here. Uh, the 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 neighbor from uh, Boy Meets World, um, Mr. Uh, oh, Mr. Bell, the teacher. Uh, yeah. Uh, why am I why am I blanking on everything? I'm sorry. Um, William Daniels, who played Mr. Feeney, mm-hmm. 
was the yes, yeah, yes, so, Mr. Feeney, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's you know the and the Douglas wanted to play it for a long time. Um, by the time it was gotten around to actually being ready to play, he was too old, so he mm-hmm. gave it to his son Michael, who produced it, and mm. leading to the film we have today. Um, this movie is really based off of the idea this the performances of Jack Nicholson and Louise Fletcher. Um, on you know, Ratchet is such an interesting character. As I want to talk about Fletcher for a little bit because she's such a fascinating character, but she's really not in the movie much. Yeah, she's got such a huge role, though. Yeah, yeah, she and, which and, is and, funny. Yeah, for it's, it's, it's a huge role. She's not in it much, but I mean, it's the the aura of her and the idea of Nurse yeah. Ratchet in general is the thing that is hanging over everything. Yeah, and she does an excellent job of that i yes. think i yes. mean great performance i hate her character oh it's terrible uh, terrible <laughs> obviously yeah no as you mentioned i mean she's listed as one of the great movie villains uh mm. but damn it she does a great job oh. at it you know she's just so icy and unsympathetic she said actually uh uh she was upset that like you know obviously the the characters they had a bit of camaraderie between them and they could mm-hmm. have a lot of fun towards the end of production she said she uh at, um she was upset that she couldn't really laugh and be happy with the rest of everybody it had to be cold and heartless near the end of the production she removed her dress and stood only in her panties to prove to the cast members she was not a cold-hearted monster <laughs> it's like well that's one way to do it be like huh? Well, all right. It's kind of funny. We're okay. Obviously, at the end with her in the neck brace, she's really took it down a peg, and she's actually seems kind of sweet. Like, yeah. Well, and I think I think it's really symbolic that McMurphy chokes her and takes away her speech. Yes, because that is her source of power. Mm -hmm. So when he temporarily removes that, I mean, she's got nothing. Yeah, and you and know. who know and who knows how long she was gone recovering from that? Right. The book, the book said it was a couple of weeks, but I mean, like, yeah. And, so, and all the patients just kind of they they just fall back in line. It's routine, but they know someone got it over on her. Yep. Someone like she's not invincible. Nope. So they've seen that, and she now knows that all of them know that. And even- so. Maybe we can uh, even, be a little more reasonable here. And, and even the interesting dynamic of it right at the end, whenever she's talking, she's talking to whoever's coming in, who it's like, she's behind the glass. She's huh? like she, under the microphone, like there's protection there. There's a barrier. Like it's all that. Yeah. St- there's, there's that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Fletcher's incredible in this wins an Oscar for it. Uh, really. This is the movie that made her, this was, this is really the only thing she's, known for as an actress like for her entire life she's like oh you're the lady from one for the cuckoo's nest she just passed away last mm-hmm. last september um yeah i remember you telling me that yeah this is that this is the movie she was uh known for famously uh her both her parents uh hard of hearing um and in the, her oscar speech she uh signed the last bits of her oscar speech thanking her parents um oh wow that's sweet uh nicholson wins his first oscar for this one and he this is we keep, we keep talking about it. It's so funny having, hey, Jack Nicholson's going to be a person in an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Twist, he's the sane one. But right. it's, 
but it's perfect casting to the actor. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, he, God, (laughs) I think I, I I love this movie so much and I love his, I love Mick. I love Max character so much. I agree. And to me, it's very reminiscent of, Cool hand, Luke. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Just very like the, I'm against the establishment. The guy is like, yeah, who's gonna bristle under authority, is gonna refuse to comply, yep, and is gonna be a pain in the ass for the sake of being a pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty much. Like just, it's like you, you're you're gonna try to like, and 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 along Cool Hand Luke, and this is a really interesting uh, comparison to the two Cool Hand Luke and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Desk. Essentially, I mean like. Okay, I'm here. Let's now. The difference is, is uh, Luke. Luke in his movie is really like, okay, I'm gonna settle in and I'm gonna take over slowly, not really intentionally do that. Just kind of just against the establishment, but I'm gonna do my own type of thing. Not really trying to shake the boat. Well, Mac really wants to shake the boat from the second he gets there, and yeah. and they're trying to knock him down a peg, and every time they knock him down a peg, he comes back up, and then eventually they have to defeat him the only way they know how to defeat him by essentially murdering him yeah yeah removing most of his prefrontal cortex and yeah yeah turning him into a zombie yeah Yeah. really really horrific procedure that used to go on a lot i mean yeah the the um you know you you see it like now like that's one of the things about the interesting thing about watching this movie 50 years after it's made you know yeah uh it's 48 technically but still like you look at these like archaic ways of handling, you know, Ugh. all these, all the, uh, or <laughs> like generally. What well, they it's do like, it's wise. like, yeah, the electroshock therapy, like who thought, you know, what'll fix this guy right up. Let's give him a seizure. <laughs> and you know, the funny thing is they do That'll fix his brain. You know, electroshock therapy is not necessarily a negative thing as as for what it does i i couldn't tell you what the actual purpose it does i know it does help for some people the other thing about it it's there's there's two things i always i've always remembered about the truth of electroshock therapy one it doesn't hurt because they knock you out you're unconscious yeah like like yeah <laughs> they're certainly not gonna they're certainly not gonna be like oh little dabble do you think ah like <laughs> so i mean yeah um they also used to do uh, insulin shock therapy. Yeah, that's where. Nuts. Uh, yeah, they put you basically into a. Uh, I mean, a, it it's a diabetic shock. I mean, <laughs> it's I've, yeah, it's. I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I'm not a doctor or a mental health professional, but man, I just don't know. I just don't see how inducing a seizure is going to help anyone. It's, you know, it's very much like leeching. You're like, oh well, you got to get yeah. the bad blood out. And you're like, what are you talking about, you idiot? Or yeah. you're or, just bleeding them to death. Yeah, like I'll watch I'll watch an old movie and they'll talk about like, oh, um, uh, I, I, I watched a movie where they were talking about, oh, he's he's this religion and oh, he's oh, he was uh, this is from the like 40s. And they're talking about him being a communist. And it's like, oh, he has no children. Must have eaten them. It's like, what? 
It's like, yeah, communists eat babies. I'm like, that is insane. It's like, it's just a little bit of logic. You're like, no, stop. Well, you know, no, no, no. Seizures are good things. Yeah. Well, look at the entire Black Plague. Uh, (laughs) You know, that was basically all caused because people started getting sick and they thought cats were witches (laughs) causing it. So they killed all the cats, which made the rat population go nuts. Yep. Which is how the disease was spread. Yep. Like, you know, I mean, you know, and like Salem witch trials, you look back, it's like, okay, if we try to drown her, but she floats, she's, <laughs> she's a, witch a witch and we got to kill her. If she sinks, she's fine. Whoops. <laughs> but dead. Yeah, it's all, all it's like, like uh, what the fuck? You kind of look at it, you, you look, you always wonder like 50 years in the future, what are the things we're doing around that's going to look yeah. that much archaic and all the yeah. kind of archaic things. Um, but back to Nicholson, you know, it's funny as he walks in, you're like, okay, let's get an Like, as soon as they unhook his chains, they're like, oh, we know what's in store for this guy. Like, we know exactly what we're getting. And Nicholson oh, yeah. really never stops. He's just, it's. And another thing my wife said is like, we're watching is like, man, for a guy not being crazy, he sure tries to be, he seem crazy. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's uh-huh. when you have those Jack Nicholson, just kind of eyes, just, just staring through you. It's eyebrows, those eyebrows, man. those, yeah, those, those, those crazy eyebrows, just <laughs> Witchy Christmas tree Witchy eyebrows Christmas tree. That's right. That's an old, uh, old, old Miller family, uh, <laughs> um, idiom, uh, but that's an old one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nicholson and Fletcher are both getting Oscar wins for this film. Uh, very, uh, very, um, well received and, uh, uh, earned, uh, the supporting performances in this movie, um, debut film, uh, for Christopher Lloyd, um, mm. Vincent Chivali, uh, who's uh, best known as the goat, one of the ghosts in Ghosts. Uh, he was in the, tra- right. the train conductor, I guess. Um, and then uh, our, 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 my guy, Brad Dorif, who's great in this movie as Billy. Um, oh, Billy. Yeah. Um, do you know Brad Dorif's most famous role outside of this? He is, the, off the, top of my head. He is the voice of Chucky. Oh no, really? Yes, he is. He is. Uh, it's, it's it's probably the thing that's made him the most money in his life. Um, wow. Still, still acting, still doing stuff. Uh, I think he still might be doing. Uh, I think Chucky has a uh, has a TV series now, and he's still the voice of Chucky. Um, been in a been in a thousand things. Um, he was in uh, uh, he was in a couple Alien movies. I think um, a lot of different things throughout the years. Very steady worker ever since uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Never really uh, achieved the level of success that One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest had, but he is so heartbreaking yeah. in this movie. Yes, he's he is one of the most absolutely tragic characters. I mean, uh, yes, I mean, he's, to me, it does seem like he would be the type of guy that, like, if you're in a facility with, you would kind of be like, okay, I'm going to take this dude under my wing and make yeah. sure he's okay. And, you know, kind of yeah. take care of this kid, you know, I agree. Uh, it, it's, 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 and especially the way nurse ratchet just picks out on him and 
And you, you know, know I, I'm I'm by no means going to be an armchair psychologist about it. And I don't know anything about it as far as like the book is concerned, but it sure seems like he, um, I believe the term is uh, Oedipal. Uh, if there might be some, uh, obviously some mother issues outside of just, you know, uh, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to tell your mom and, you know, his repression and right. the love and the kill yourself and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, but there might be some other things going on leading to billy's current state of mind um you know yeah sexual trauma or something along those lines something with his mother like there's mom mommy issues mommy issues he's got mommy issues obviously yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know you kind of look at yeah oedipal is a good way to describe it yeah so yeah uh, and but yeah he's you know that's it's such a incredible moment at the end of the movie near the end of the movie where it's like it's like Billy, what'd you do that? It's like, what'd you do wrong? And he and clears the bell. I didn't do anything wrong. Just no stutter, no nothing. And then yep. then she goes, I'm gonna tell your mother. And then the stutter just comes back worse than it ever was before. It's like yeah. it's, it's like that's uh, of all the things Ratchet does, that's the worst. It's just like, come Absolutely. on, he, he had his moment. He's like he's 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 lost his virginity. And- he's he's this, yeah. And, and really, I mean, you would think, I mean, as a mental health professional, yeah, I would think, hey, way to stand <laughs> up for yourself, man. Yeah. You're making your own way. Yeah. Hey, we're making progress. You've got, you're getting confidence. Now, you broke the rules and stuff like that, and we'll address that. Yeah. But I appreciate you standing up for yourself. And did you notice that you didn't stutter whenever you told me that? Yeah, that should have been a big breakthrough Man, that's as opposed to yes. huge breakthrough instead yes. of the thing that ends his fucking life. You yeah, know? it's like, like God it's ratchet, damn ratchet. ratchet. Ratchet trying to keep the status quo as opposed to actually trying to help people. Like, yeah, she's like trying to keep her own level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brad Dourif, exceptional in this film. Um, I really liked uh, <laughs> um, Danny DeVito, incredibly annoying in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. Uh, Nicholson keeps saying hit me during that one scene just like Jesus and you know that's the point uh Christopher Lloyd doing a really great job of uh seemingly insane um gets the gets the big shout out like chief made it at the end um yeah that's, that's always nice uh yeah. the uh uh I really like Sidney Lassick who really apparent uh, who, who plays Charlie Cheswick um Oh, Cheswick, yeah. I, uh, um, he had a rough time during production. He yeah. got really, really, really into the movie. And um, apparently the cast and the crew were concerned about him because he was getting so into the movie. Um, yeah. That uh, at the, the final scene with McMurphy and the chief, he got overwhelmed and had to be removed from the set. Um, yeah. Like, like, and like, I also read that Danny DeVito was really question his mental health he started uh, to struggle the a end lot. of it and you know and his, it, yeah and wrote to an imaginary friend and yeah, stuff and really he, started yeah and a doctor essentially was on set because they were filming in an actual saint asylum and, and there were actual mm-hmm. patients around and they said uh and dan devito's like oh man am i going nuts and he goes no you're coping with it you're using the imaginary friend to cope with this issue as opposed to going some other way of doing things um, right uh Poor, uh, uh, poor William Redfield as Dale Harding. Um, it during this film, uh, a lot of doctors on set, 
Um, he said he was not feeling well. A doctor uh, diagnosed him with leukemia and he died 18 months later. Oh my God. But uh, uh, the, the third highest, uh, the third Oof. highest billed guy in this movie, um, a long history of uh, a lot of interesting things he did, uh, TV and stuff like that. And then uh, Will Sampson is chief. Um, fun fact about Will, Will Sampson, um, he was a park ranger. And uh, they, I guess, they were looking to find somebody for chief. And uh, he was on the, or, sorry, uh, he was not a park ranger. He was a rodeo. Uh, he was on, he was a bronc buster. And uh, uh. Michael Douglas and Saul Zentz, the other producer, were looking for a large Native American. They found him and you're like, oh, you're six, seven. You're like, wow. Uh, he, they, so they go up to the rodeo announcer. They're like, hey, can you, where's this guy? And, you know, rodeo guys are like gypsies. As soon as they're gone, they're gone. And it took a long time to find oh, yeah. him. Uh, and they found him in their they interview and they're like, cool, hired. And then he had a nice steady career of, uh, of doing some various things. He was an outlaw, Josie Wales, uh, various things along the lines, a lot of TV, um, as is the case with most native actors, um, very much a, uh, staple in the, um, political movements. Uh, he yep. was, he was on a film where they uh, they were they were using white actors to play Native Americans, and he walked off the set in protest uh, and, mm -hmm. and all those type of things. So, uh, uh, Will Sampson really enjoyable in this movie, and that list that, that speech talking about his dad, that's probably one of the more heartbreaking things. You're like, oh man, to, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's tough, and it's like, uh, man. So, I'm probably. Uh, showing that I'm not that great of a father, but <laughs> I, uh, I actually watched this with my daughter mm. who's, she's almost 12 and she's, I mean, there's she's, nothing, she's a nothing, sharp cookie. There's nothing too and terrible in this movie. There are worse things you could definitely the, show her. The victory of like when chief starts playing basketball <laughs> No, my daughter was like, yeah, chief, 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 chief. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely this great moment where you see this guy that's only been labeled as deaf and dumb. Yep. He can't speak. He can't hear. He does nothing except c carry a mop. Yep. And you start seeing, uh-oh, there's, there's something more going there. on. This. Yeah. Yeah. And then the famous juicy fruit scene. Yeah. And Thanks. then he goes, you sly son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, he realizes it's a fellow con. Playing the long game. I love it. It's it's really great. Like, and their dynamic is really fun too. You know, it changes. So it's like just offering the gum and going like, well, why'd you defend me to begin with? That's a nice change of pace. But I mean, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I really like Chief in that one. And uh, Scatman Carruthers obviously just showing up there at the end too, just for that little bit. Like a guy who definitely knows from the second key does everything he's like oh i am fired like <laughs> he's like i got booze and hookers <laughs> let's make this work hey, for the best <laughs> what am i supposed to do say no right right <laughs> all right let's take a quick break and we'll come back All right, we are back. Every week I go through the filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. It is time for Pull for a Dumbass. For this week, we are doing the diminutive man himself, the 410 wonder that is Danny DeVito. Um, this is not his first ever movie, but it's uh, the first one where anybody knew who he would. You're like, okay. You look back and you're like, there's Danny DeVito. The movies before that, his movie's called 
Dreams of Glass, Lady Liberty, Hurdy Up, Probably 30, like movies I've never heard of. Um, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest kind of sent him off uh, into any sort of prominence um, mm. in 1975. And then he really, he, he started, like, he became famous Danny DeVito uh, three years later because he was the lead in Taxi, uh, the show Taxi, yeah. alongside Christopher, oh, yeah. alongside Christopher yeah. Lord, by the way. Um, yep. So after taxi, after taxi leaves, he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start being in stuff like where I'm Danny DeVito being Danny DeVito. Uh, the first movie I have from 1983, um, another best picture winner, actually. Um, have you seen terms of endearment? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is in there for, he's just kind of like a half cameo, just kind of like, Hey, I, I want to bang Charlie McLean. And that's kind of what he's there for. Um, I mean, kind of serves a purpose, but uh, Danny DeVito was always the kind of guy who's like, he's not the star of the movie generally. He's generally the guy who shows up for a little bit is the memorable Danny DeVito role, and then he's gone pretty quick. Um, mm. So following Terms of Endearment, uh, maybe his most famous acting role uh, is the next film, uh, the film Romance in the Stone. You ever seen Romance in the Stone? Ooh, I don't think so. I mean, I know of it, but it's, no, it's, I don't think I've watched it. It's a pretty, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's one of those movies where you're like, oh, it's too much plot. It's kind of dumb. The reasoning behind it all is like, it's all kind of stupid, but it's Michael Douglas and, and uh, um, mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner at just their like peak hotness, being hot in hot places. Like, it's like, yeah, that's like, that kind of fun swashbuckling thing in DeVito. And then throw in. a Danny DeVito grenade in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's like, a, let's hey, let's have two hot people and wind them up with a little guy in between. Yeah, so Romance in the Stone, big uh, big hit. They did a sequel the next year, Jewel of the Nile. Um, he actually does start to do other stuff as well. He actually starts to do more producing. And he made his directorial debut in 1987 with a movie he also co-starred in. Have you seen Throw Mama from the Train? No. So it's uh, it's essentially they uh, he decided to make stranger uh, strangers on a train with Billy Crystal, but did it for uh, made it a comedy. Essentially, he has a terrible mother, uh, played by Lynn Ramsey, the bad the bad girl from uh, uh, the Goonies, the bad lady from the Goonies. Oh. And Billy Crystal. So they're they're on this train and they're like, "Hey, can you kill my mother?" And it's kind of this agreed upon thing. And uh, um, it's it's a it's a it's a dark comedy. It's enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. It's a it's a silly little movie. Um, Lynn Ramsey was nominated for an uh, uh, Anne Ramsey, excuse me. Anne Ramsey was nominated for an Oscar for it. Uh, Throw Mama from the Train from the eighties is not bad. Um, So after that point, like Throw Mama from the Train is a pretty decent hit. So after that point, they're like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to kind of expand things? It's like, yes, I want a true starring role. I want to play the brother of Arnold Schwarzenegger. In twins. Why not? <laughs> you know, on paper, it's so stupid. And it just works because it's like, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a straight man. He's, he's very like straight laced, like smart, intelligent guy. Like it's, it's one of those eighties premises where you're like, this is so dumb, mm-hmm. but it kind of works. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but yes, I've seen twins. But yeah, tw- twins is yeah, it's tw- kind of like twins is ridiculous. At one point, 
they were why alive. are you austrian why are you <laughs> like well it think 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 the lord but they almost made a sequel called triplets where eddie murphy was going to be a third brother how that was going to work i don't know well, <laughs> I'm, I'm luckily luckily apparently cocaine has its limits um so yeah it's uh, got to run out eventually <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. This is a really interesting one. The next one, 1989, he directs again and co-stars again with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Uh, have you seen the film The War of the Roses? Uh, they are uh, Kathleen Turner and Michael I don't Douglas. Think so. Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas are a married couple and they're getting divorced. And they essentially are just trying to destroy each other's lives physically mm. and mentally. Um, so... Uh, and and Danny DeVito is just telling the story about all of it. It's a it's a it's a really interesting, another really dark kind of movie. Um, Danny DeVito, I, you know, he seems like a really pleasant guy, but everything he kind of goes towards is really kind of darker in sense. He he yeah. has you know yeah inherent darkness in him. I guess he doesn't express out in the world. Um, speaking of a darkness, 1992 um, spent a ton of time in. Uh, spent a ton of time in the makeup chair and probably made the biggest paychecks of his life. Batman Returns oh, as the Penguin. Yes. Yes. Yep. I, he is so creepy in that movie. <laughs> he is a great freaking penguin. Yes, he is. He's really, really good at it. I mean, um, it's He's got the physique. Yes. Yes. And 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 that that gravitas to it. He really yeah. he really works well with the makeup as opposed to the makeup getting it's like it it all works yeah yeah i, yeah. I think i think that's one of the the best batmans i think so opinion. too and it's it's so weird it's so weird it is like they they made the first batman and it's like it was a such a hit obviously with jack nicholson in it and you know sells toys and all this kind of stuff and they like hey tim burton michael keaton we want to double down and give you more money and my and tim burton goes okay, but you're going to let me do what I want to do? And they went, yeah, sure. And they delivered the movie and they went, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Say, say to wine, masochism and. <laughs> wind Tim Burton up and let him go. And like, you asked for it. You know, he's, it's a, it's a, it's an exceptional, uh, exceptional superhero movie. And he is great as the penguin and he's not even the best villain in his own movie because Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman in that movie is incredible. She is so she's good. good too. She's really good yep. in that movie. <laughs> um, yep. So he's starting to do a little more producing. Uh, he's actually one of the executive producers on Get Sh on uh, excuse me on uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, helped bring that to the forefront. Um, but uh, a follow up to Twins, a movie I definitely know you have seen. And if Twins was dumb, this was dumber. Have you seen Junior? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a fever dream the more i try to explain it to people you're like okay yeah so arnold schwarzenegger gets pregnant you're like that doesn't make any sort of sense it's like yeah 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 it doesn't um uh, somehow emma thompson is in this like and not only emma thompson she so emma thompson has two oscars she won one in 1992 for a movie called howard's end where she's incredible and then um she wins one the next year for writing uh, sense and sensibility this is right in the middle of that she is a pair of oscar wins and junior in the middle of it it's in <laughs> uh junior is like, terrible i movie. i do not understand how that even went 
anywhere at all. Like, okay, here's the premise. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Okay, why did it go beyond that? Why did someone not go, nope, get out of my fucking office? Well, like, I'll never understand that. Um, but, yeah. All I mean, right. Uh, Golden Globe nominee for best actor in a musical or comedy and best actress in a musical or comedy for Schwarzenegger and Emma Thompson in this movie. Uh, the Golden Globes can be bought is what you're saying. Uh, also, it, it, it made $108 million. It, uh, it's, <laughs> audiences are dumb. <laughs> Junior's Whatever. bad. Junior's stupid. Um, now, obviously, yeah. it's just a chance for him to hang out with Arnold Schwarzenegger again. But the next year, uh, maybe one of his more interesting type of roles. Have you seen the film Get Shorty? Uh, yes. And he plays, yes. he plays a pretentious actor. Um, yeah. And, and hilariously in the movie, he is coming off hot off the heels of a movie adaptation of the mm. movie Napoleon. Uh, oh. <laughs> the role, the role he was born to play uh, all joking aside, they're making a Napoleon movie this year starring Joaquin Phoenix. So um Get ready for that one. Uh, now, we, we we're talking about like, okay, he does some dark stuff, and generally, he's he's kind of has that darkness in him when he does stuff. He, have you seen the film Matilda from nineteen ninety six? Yes. So he directed that as well as as was a co star in it. Um, so the story it's pretty creepy for like. Yeah. kind of a kids movie yeah yes. it's, i mean it's it's a uh like dark comedy yes i don't know so from what i understand yeah. so so obviously ria parliament danny devito's wife was in the movie as yes. well and during the filming of that uh mara wilson the girl who plays matilda her mother was dying of cancer and danny devito and ria perlman essentially half adopted her during the filming in order to oh wow it like it just all, all the stories of him from that movie is nothing but just brilliance upon brilliance. yeah uh it's always nice to have those type of things um same yeah. year as matilda uh re-teaming with tim Bur burton after batman returns have you seen mars attacks yeah <laughs> it's so dumb uh talking about another jack nicholson movie uh <laughs> it's, yeah it's it's a really dumb movie uh I like a lot of the interesting things it does because Tim Burton hires Jack Nicholson to be the president. And he was yeah. specifically told by the studio. It's like, you can't kill Jack Nicholson. So he gave him two roles and killed him twice. Um, uh -huh. Just, just to, just to screw with the people. So, I mean, kind of the th thing he does, everybody's in Mars attacks, by the way, there's a thousand people in Mars attacks. Yes. Um, yep. 1997, a uh, big year for him. Uh, he was in the movie The Rainmaker with uh, with Matt Damon. His big it would have been his big breakthrough role if it wasn't for Goodwill Hunting. I wasn't going to include that one though. Uh. Um, the role that I probably most suited for a voice actor, um, Philostatus in Hercules, the 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 little the little hoof man in the oh. animated Hercules. Um, okay, yes forget the name like i'm looking at the name and i still don't know how to say it uh phil nah. is what they they called him phil wow uh he's a satyr so yeah um really perfect cast voice casting for that film uh yeah I, I figured you had seen hercules and then uh yeah uh obviously his uh i'll include this as well just to bump up your score um 1997 being la confidential 
Yes. Obviously, since, uh, since uh, we did the, <laughs> the already covered episode it. about it. Um, you know, he, he does a lot of stuff. He'll be a producer on a movie and he'll pop himself into it. Uh, in 1999, have you seen the Andy Kaufman film Man on the Moon? Jim no. Carrey is Andy Kaufman. I haven't seen it either. Um, mm -mm. The interesting thing about Man on the Moon being an Andy Kaufman movie is he is in... Dan DeVito is Man on the Moon as a character uh, named George Shapiro, who is a real person. The funny thing about it is Andy Kaufman was on Taxi, and Dan DeVito yeah. was actively involved with knowing Andy Kaufman, but didn't play himself. It's kind of a weird anti-meta way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, but it makes sense why he's a producer on that if he knew Andy Kaufman in general. Um, yeah. So he does a little, he does little stuff over now. He does a, a direct some stuff that really goes nowhere. Uh, the movie duplex death to smoochie. Um, but I, I was looking at his filmography and I had to include this, had a little cameo role in this movie from 2000, uh, from 2000 uh, and Oh, I lost it. Three, 2003 reteaming with Tim Burton. How about big fish? I love big fish. I know you love big. Fish. I love big fish. I know you love, love big it. fish. It is a, it's a, you know, it's it's very much uh, suited to a Tim Burton type of style, and but a mm -hmm. little but a little sweeter than it ever really needs to be. Yeah. Uh, big fish is awesome. We might need to do big fish one day. Uh, yeah. Big fish is a nice sweet movie. One of those uh, cried a movie theater movies. Yep. Yep. Cried yep. at a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Big fish is one of those type of movies. Um. Uh, I only have a couple others uh, reteaming with, uh, you know, Disney loves redoing their own movies and they did a live mm. action version of Dumbo. Did you re did you see the live action version of Dumbo uh, from a no. couple of years ago? I didn't either. No. Um, he was in it with uh, quite a few people. I think actually Michael Keaton was in that too. Uh, Colin Farrell, Michael Keaton, uh, Alan Arkin. Um, so, uh, but uh, I hadn't heard much good things about it. Um, now, the Jumanji movies, There's, they've remade those Jumanji movies, and the last one had Danny DeVito in it. Did you see Jumanji The Next Level? Yes, we have watched all the Jumanjis. Yes, my kids love the Jumanji movies. Uh, yeah, he was same here. Yeah. In that one, uh, really, in, uh, you know, it's, they're, they're perfectly disposable. Like, they're on a yeah. lot, and you'd be like, this is fine. Yeah. So makes sense. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. I wasn't going to include it, obviously, because it's television. But uh, have you seen much? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of the best episodes <laughs> ever in TV was one of those. And I just. <laughs> it's the, the, it was so it was so ridiculous. I could like. It was wonderful it was <laughs> what, just which was the ep which episode i i i know by no means a uh big I, i've seen it and i enjoy it i just don't watch it on a regular basis uh all right so this is one and yeah i'm kind of the same way i'm not like i haven't watched every episode yeah. i haven't but uh the one guy who's gay yes yes uh Mac. So, yeah, Mac. Yeah. yeah. He's walking along a sidewalk, and there's a furniture moving company 
loading a like grand piano. Okay. They're pulling it up <laughs> okay. to like several stories up to deliver it. And Danny DeVito's on the other side of the street and he sees the rope unraveling. It's fixing a fall on Mac. And he's, he goes, look out. F word. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Look out, F word. <laughs> and so last minute he moves out of the way. And so, but then after that, they can't figure out if he is the hero or if he committed a hate crime. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> like, do That's we a- give him credit? Or, but he, he called him the F word. I don't think. <laughs> I think that was a hate crime. That's He's like, great. I saved his life. He's like, but you called him the F word. I like that. See that it's that's hilarious. The absurdity of that show was pretty fantastic. Like where they they'll take they'll take a pretty like a silly premise and they just take it to another level that you can't really normally take stuff. And there's just like yeah. it's like, oh, I'm gonna be homeless. Why? Why? Why not? Like just it's, you know it's these yeah. ridiculous scenarios. Well, I <laughs> yeah, and I like. I mean, I like shows like that that don't take their stuff too seriously mm-hmm. and they're willing to go ad absurd. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's funny. So, even Danny DeVito didn't show up, to, I guess, to the third season. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's the thing most people know of him for anything else these days and uh, yeah. still going strong. So uh, 15, 16 season in. So uh, good for them. Uh, Danny DeVito, 11 out of 16. Pretty good. Uh, only missed. Yeah, uh, uh, Terms of Endearment, Twins, Batman Returns, The Cinematic Classic Junior, uh, Get Shorty, Matilda, Mars Attacks, <laughs> LA Confidential, Hercules, Big Fish, and Jumanji, The Next Level. 11 out of 16. Pretty well done, sir. You definitely yeah. had worse. Not too bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I think, I think it's about that time, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a nurse ratchet about it, but... I mean, you're in the hot box, dude. Each episode, instead of me staring the conversation, Jake peppers me with a series of questions that I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's trivia. Sometimes it's not. If I don't answer correctly, he'll tell my mother. What you got for me, buddy? All right. Uh, so, uh, you know, Mac, Mac ends up running a uh, card game yeah. with cigarettes as tender, mm-hmm. you know, the... Uh, what they're betting on or whatever but let's say you're you're in some confined situation you have to pass time um and cards are the way to do it what's your go-to card game if you need to kill some time so, so i always think this is, depends on how many people you have there like yeah. if if you're by yourself solitaire is the already go to um if you got two people gin and if you yep. got if you got four hearts or spades, um, I mean uh, it, it, the I, I mean, maybe spades or hearts or spades or hearts maybe like to, especially if you're in a sane asylum, it's like well you don't want to make things too complicated. But I mean they were just yeah. playing weren't they just playing blackjack? Like yeah, I think it was just black. Okay. Yeah, because he kept saying hit me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So he's like, You're at 20. <laughs> and he's like, hit, hit me. me. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean it's it's I I I would think I would get really good at and and I think I would be very much like Nicholson, just like I'd have a pack of cards. And after a while, I'd be like, I would learn sleight of hand and you know, 
you know, those ornate card tricks where you fan them out. You have nothing better to do. Exactly. That's yeah. That's you like, have nothing else to do. I, I always think about like the great escape where every mm. time, every time uh, Steve McQueen goes into the box, I'm just, or the cooler. I'm just like, man, give him the, the baseball and glove. I'm like, you really want to punish him. You take away that ball and glove. It's like, yeah, I think I'll be fine if I have that ball and glove in there, but I mean, it's like, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And just little things like, I mean, a yo-yo or something. God, lear, lear, just, Shawshank learning chess, just anything to pass the time. It's the, I, I, you know, you on, on paper, you think of prison and you think of all the, the first thing your mind goes to is all the, the bad parts, but I've heard a lot of things. It's like prison is just, it's boring, just nothing to do. It's even if you're not working, it was like, well, what am I going to do? Sleep? It's like, no, I, the, the, I've set hours for that. And the rest of the time you're just bored stiff. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. Boredom's a hell of a thing. Ugh. It, I mean, if you're sitting around not being able to do what you want and then, I mean, then the mind, the mind, the wanders. mind can, you know, <laughs> yeah. what is it? Uh, idle hands are the devil's playground. That's right. That's right. It's like, as soon as so you that's a do. perfect thing to do with a bunch of criminals is just make them <laughs> not do anything and sit there and think of shit to do. Yep. You know, exactly. yeah. that's why, that, why do you think guys get education? It gives them something to do. It's something to occupy their time. It's not necessarily like, I don't necessarily think it's something it's like, Oh, I want to strive myself. It's like, well, I'm, I was, I was in there for four years. I, why are you so good at Spanish now? It's like, well, what else am I supposed to do? It's like, yeah. I had four years to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So you go into this mental health facility. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. And you look at the crew you got in there. Who is someone that you automatically is like, I'm going to try to make friends with this dude. Like, I want this guy on my side. Not um, only like, I mean, more out of a selfish, like, yeah. okay, I, I need to be friends with this guy, you know. I, I, you know, it's funny. I always, I, I uh, gravitate towards Christopher Lloyd's Max. Like I saw him and I'm like, okay, the, the, the guy lashing out at anger, like, mm -hmm. it's like, he's always, he's, he's just, he wants everything in a certain order. And if you can kind of be on his side, either you can, you can calm him down or you can never yeah. be the side of his retribution. Like right. if he, yeah. if he's, if he's so frustratingly angry at everything, it's like, it's like he can't stand Danny DeVito's character. He can't, can't stand Martini. Yeah. Anytime Martini does anything, you drive him nuts. Um, but I mean, like as far as, I, I, th I think of it in self-preservation tactics. I would automatically go to Max. As far as like actual personality, you would kind of go towards Billy just because it's like he's a pretty sweet, level-headed kid. Like, like, yeah, like I said, he's he's someone you would kind of be like, okay, you know, I need to, you know, I yeah. need to help this kid out. Now you we know, try we, to help him along. Now knowing what we know with the perspective, we're like, well, obviously, Chief 
Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> obviously, yes. it's like you got Chief as your buddy, like you're beating up orderlies, then he's going to throw a couple orderlies down. Like he's going to help you out in these situations. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be me. I'd go in there and like, who's the biggest motherfucker in here? <laughs> I'm, we're about to become best friends. And when I'm in a tussle, I know, if, if I got the biggest bastard in here pulling people <laughs> off my back, then... I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I've, I've actually at, at times like I'd been in like a bar area, and I'm like, this place is getting a little rowdy. Maybe I'd befriend somebody like that I normally wouldn't befriend just to be nice, like not like being like, hey, buddy, you want to be like, you help me beat somebody up, but like enough to where like, okay, if somebody hits me, at least he'll probably hit them. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got, you got my back, right? Yeah, exactly. I know we just met, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. Social dynamics is soon. That's the first thing you think of when you get in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's self-preservation. It's Absolutely. survival. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed this, uh, to me, there was tons of correlations between this film and cool hand luke yes uh, you, you, um, that, once you said it i realized it but yeah i wasn't thinking yeah. it at the moment yeah um and there there yeah there's a lot of comparisons um that i can make there but did you happen to notice so whenever mac hijacks this boat takes all the guys out on a fishing trip for the day how many how many patients did he have with him? Uh, did he did he have did he have twelve with him? Yep, get exactly twelve on Inclu a fishing trip, including the ladies. No, not including oh, just, the ladies. Just the patients, just okay. the dudes. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah, twelve. His so, twelve disciples. I mean, we, I mean, yeah, and we discussed like the the Christ complex. You know, where mm -hmm. there's this scene where Paul Newman's literally like laid out mm -hmm. like on a crucifix yep. and i mean uh mac is really laying his stuff on the line for for the benefit of these other guys yeah like, yeah you know and i mean obviously he's a troublemaker sure. he's not just pure-hearted but uh yeah just that christ complex type of uh I don't know. That's small references like that. I, I I just can't think they're they're coincidence. And I mean, it also like you look at, um, you know, uh, Ratchet's hair is not mm -hmm. not like devil horns, like not like the it's not in, yeah exactly like, it's yeah it's, yeah it's it's not on not accidental, um, yeah like it's also like I find it really interesting. I was fascinated whenever, you know, so we're in the shock, shock area. Uh, what, what do they call it? The, uh, the shock shop. Um, yeah. The, the, the gentleness and the calm with all the nurses mm -hmm. compar comparatively to the other one, like where mm -hmm. the orderlies over there are kind of rough and rough and tumble. And these are like, uh, like, it's just the different, like kind of the, like, this is where the bad things happen, but they're still nicer about it something else i noticed um especially about that scene mm. once they take him to go get shocked yeah all the orderlies up until that point are black 
Yes, yes, I yes. Once they take them back there, it's all white dudes. And I was like, oh God, they brought out the white dudes. <laughs> you gotta keep you at ease. Like, but I, I hadn't noticed that previously watching it, but I did notice like the the normal day-to-day orderlies all black, are yeah. all all black guys, and then yeah, all the serious stuff, it's like white dudes and doctors and all this shit. And I'm like, well, that ain't no good, man. Yeah, Get like, out of there. It's also, Something you know, bad's about to happen. It's yeah. You got to think of like, so I guess this is set in 63, it's set in 63. Yes. So, I mean, 63, so you know, yeah. you're in the middle of in the middle of segregation mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I know you're up North in Oregon, but still like there are certain jobs they would allow yep. black people to have. And with any sort of responsibility, they're not going to let a black guy have that. And so, yeah. like you said, it's like, oh, there are white faces. Oh no, why are there white faces? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a really interesting way to put that. And you know, I, I'd like to it, now. I'm curious to watch it again, kind of with that idea in mind of the Christ complex, and not even you mm-hmm. know the way he's in the water and you know mm-hmm. the, those scenes like that and discovering. Yeah, it's really interesting. I really like that kind of thought process behind it. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see if I had anything else. Uh, yeah, not, nah, uh, I've got a few other things to say, but, uh, I'm done with questions for you. All right. Um, so you're out of the hot box. I appreciate that. Uh, now I, I, I did want to ask you real quick. Have you heard of the smooth, the series ratchet on Netflix? No. Okay. So the series Ratched on Netflix is a, uh, it's a psychological thriller um, starring Sarah Paulson as nurse Mildred Ratched as she comes up uh, previous to uh, previous to the events of this movie. Um, it is not in any way accurate. It's more like, Oh, she is a uh, horror villain for the sake of this show okay and then like and i and you know knowing that was the kind of show and i watched this watching this movie again i'm just like no no she's 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 corrupted but she's not sadistic yeah she's she's not murdering people like she's flawed but not yeah 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 inherently evil yes maybe yes i have not seen it either she acts like it but yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it either, but uh, yeah. So it's 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 on Netflix if you wanted to check it out. It's only one season uh, so far, so I mean, never know. Yeah, well, the I, the only other thing I wanted to say is uh uh just obviously this is you know a heavy subject dealing with mental health yeah. and mm-hmm. you know suicide and sure. all this kind of stuff, and I'm not shamed ashamed to admit i've dealt with mental health issues we've had family members uh deal with it and so i just want to just tell everyone out there if you need help get help uh i mean you're probably not going to get lobotomized nowadays (laughs) probably not but still you know but um there's tons of resources out there and so uh if you need help please get help and it's it's something is 
I mean, it could be as simple, something as simple as just calling your friend. Like I I can call Ben. Yep. I know I can call Ben, you know, um, there's also, uh, just a few resources. Um, there's, uh, a suicide prevention hotline. You can call one eight, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, or you can also text home to the crisis text line at seven four one seven four one. And this is basically going to be a free ad read uh, for mm-hmm. this company, but Absolutely. it's one that I've used and it's one that I'll stand by, and I don't care if they never give me a dime but it's a it's a great freaking resource to go to and it's betterhelp.com um it's online therapy um tons of resources um but yeah you know absolutely i i mean i just want to tell everyone out there hey if you know if if things get strange i've been there and don't i agree i it's it's yeah thank you for thank you for telling the world uh, that and being that honest about it, I really appreciate it. And it's nice to, you know, at the end of this episode, obviously having that message is a nice little thing to kind of end it on. And it's, uh, I always appreciate all the, uh, your openness to it. And uh, I sure our listeners will appreciate it as well. Uh, Jake, before we go, I know this is one of your all time favorite movies. What is your film rating for one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Man, it's probably, I mean, while it is a tough watch and it's heavy, mm. it's got to be top 10. Yeah, for you. It's got to be top 10, yeah, for me. I, but I, I, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a big fan. It is heavy. I'm a big fan of it. It's, uh, it is heavy. Um, you know, 1975 is one of those years where it's tough to ever try to pigeonhole an, a movie down. It's, it even mm-hmm. you're like, oh, man. 1975 had all these movies. What one? One flew the cuckoo's nest. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Like, uh, like I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm certainly not gonna yeah. complain about that. Um, yeah. I I have it. Uh, it's it's not my favorite movie of the year, but I do really like mm-hmm. it. 4.5 out of five. I have uh, I have it 34th all time on um, the best picture winner winners uh, just behind Patton. Okay. So like it's it's all right. of of best picture winners. It's more more than worthy to be a part of it and the movies yeah. of 1975 exactly it's like it's it's an exceptional movie it does a yeah. lot of great things exceptional performances i don't there's yeah. not really a thing i can say bad about it it's just yeah. um yeah it's it's really beautiful but it is tragic yes so i do agree yeah anything yeah. else anything else before we go buddy i don't think so man all right, that just about does it for this episode of the Film Credit of the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Neb has been on Letterbox at Neb810, on Instagram at Ben Miller Movies. Check out my website, icecreamforfreaks.com. You can follow my other writing on the film experience and Cinema Scholars. I am doing all sorts of other pods. Uh, Cinema Scholars are starting their own podcast. I might be hanging out on there a little while. Um, nice. uh, you can find me on the other pods, the David Thulis of Podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you? I know. If you escape from an insane asylum, you're not just going to go on a little fishing trip and just come back in a couple hours. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm going fishing <laughs> as long as I can. Not to mention yeah. you're in Oregon. Oh man, it's like you can. Oh yeah, it's yeah. got to be gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Hell yeah. <laughs> make sure I'll be on the lake with the rest of them. <laughs> the rest of the loons. disciples. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's like all the, all the, all the, all the insane asylum patients are in the front looking at the hookers. Jake's like, no, 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 I'm focusing on the fishing, man. It's like, I get the, <laughs> yeah, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to follow the podcast on critic at critic common pod on Twitter. Please like subscribe, rate and review. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. Um, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, uh, all those fun places. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. We got a fun one next week. We're finally coming all the way around. We're doing our second episode ever. For our 36th episode, for uh, we're doing The Town, Ben Affleck's The Town next week. Uh, we will catch Heck you guys yeah. next time. Thank you so very much for joining us. Take care. Trick!